welcome to Annie's Pink Chair, where we bring real, raw, relevant issues to the table from a woman's perspective with wit and wisdom. Today, I'm going to talk to you about human trafficking, what that looks like, and power and control. This is something that goes all the way back to biblical times. Slavery is definitely in the Bible. If you open up your Bible, you can read about how the Israelites were captive by the Egyptians and how 1,000,000.5 people had to escape and go into the promised land of Israel. Well, today we're talking about modern day human trafficking, specifically sex trafficking. A person can be sex trafficked in many different ways. Most importantly, It's something that can happen right under our noses, right in our own backyards. You might be living next door to a neighbor that could be being trafficked or their child could be being trafficked. It happens in large cities. It happens in different countries. It happens in small little towns and even in the country. I'm from Minnesota and I originally was trafficked out of Minnesota. Sex trafficking happens anytime someone is being forced to sell their body under force, fraud, or coercion, manipulation, and they have no choice but to do that. For my personal case, I started off in the sex industry as a non-trafficked person because I didn't have anyone controlling me or taking my money, but Soon after I got into the sex industry via the avenue of working in Hawaii as a walking street girl, then into being a stripper in Minnesota, and then meeting my boyfriend, aka trafficker, in the strip club, I got trafficked in Minnesota and then to Las Vegas. Trafficking and prostitution are almost one and the same. Some people like to separate and say that prostitution is always a choice, but that's not always the case. If you're being forced into it, is it a choice? If you're having circumstances where you don't have any choice but to work and sell your body to survive because you have no food, no food or shelter for your child, is that considered a choice? Especially if this person is being introduced to prostitution or stripping by a good friend, and I say lightly good friend, or a boyfriend teaching that person how to sell themselves to make ends meet. I wanted to also talk today about the power and control that it takes to control someone that's being sold. Prostitution can be done anywhere. Trafficking can be done anywhere in a strip joint, It could be done at a brothel, illegal or legal. It can happen at a nightclub. It can happen at the mall. It can happen even at a workout club. Obviously on the street, if anyone's ever seen a girl or anyone walking on the street and trying to sell themselves or they're being sold jumping in and out of cars, that also is where sex trafficking can happen. And the power control comes into this because This is how traffickers, a.k.a. pimps, get control of their victims. 
And there's different parts right now that you're going to show on the screen. We have a wheel to show you. It's called the Sex Trafficking, Labor Trafficking, Power and Control Wheel, originally adapted from the Duluth model for the Domestic Violence Wheel. And the first section on this wheel, the pie, is called Coercion and Threats. If you ever wonder how someone gets caught up in trafficking, one of the things that the traffickers use is they coerce and they use threats. And these are examples. Threatens to harm the victim or family. Threatens to expose or shame the victim. Threatens to report to police or immigration. So simply the first example would be, this happened to me actually, where my ex-traffickers, if I didn't do what they wanted me to do, let's say go out and make them the money for the bills, go out and make them money so they can buy a car or they can buy jewelry or they can put money in stocks or they can go down to the casinos and gamble. Bodily harm is one of the main methods that traffickers use to keep people that are being trafficked, the victims, in line. And you can say to someone, if you don't do this, I'm going to beat you down, or I'm going to make sure that you're never going to see the light of day. Or how about this? I'm going to kill you. Or I know where your parents live, or I know where your little sister lives. I'm going to make sure that they're hurt if you don't do what I say. And the second thing is threatens to expose or shame victim. Sometimes traffickers will use your actual illegal activity because, because face it, everyone, except for Nevada and the brothel, Prostitution is illegal in all the states, right? It's illegal in all the cities, except for Pahrump, where it's legal in Nevada. They can use that as a threat against the victim. And maybe the victim doesn't want to be caught by the police or they don't want their family to know what they're doing. And they could maybe send pictures of what they're doing or maybe pictures that a person that's being trafficked online, by the way, trafficking happens most often online nowadays on the internet and they can send that picture and send it to their family member and make that person victim of trafficking feel ashamed and afraid so they continue to comply and do what they want and the third thing is if this person's an illegal person that comes from another country and they don't have a visa and they don't have a passport to come into our country they can threaten that person with calling immigration ICE and saying hey I have an illegal person here and you need to come pick them up. And of course, that person that's in that situation is going to feel pressured to go sell themselves. Now, if we go to the next main pie, it's called intimidation. This is one of the main tactics that traffickers use. And they use it by scaring the victim into believing that they're going to also be harmed. They harm another victim. They harm the pets that possible family owns. I know that I had a pet and one of my traffickers held my pet against me. I had a cat and my trafficker told me, if you don't come home, I'm going to do something really bad to your cat. And I loved my pet. And of course, I'm going to come home and make sure that this person gets their money to make sure my pet doesn't get harmed. Displays or uses weapons. This is a very common tactic. Knives, guns, bats, anything, rocks to scare the victim into complying destroys property. Very good tactic. 
let's say for instance that you have something that you really hold precious and dear to you and it could be pictures of your family member that died it could be even videotape and things that you only and another person there was a gift from someone that's irreplaceable maybe it's an antique or maybe it's a personal item that they gave you that this trafficker is holding over your head. I'm going to destroy it. I'm going to burn the pictures. I'm going to slash your couches. That's what happened to me. My couches were slashed. My pictures were destroyed. And my videotape of my deceased loved one that I only had very few videos of was destroyed because I didn't comply with what my trafficker wanted. Lies about police involvement in trafficking situation. The third pie on the wheel, on the sex trafficking wheel, is emotional abuse. This is a very strong tactic that traffickers use. Humiliates in front of others. Basically, uh, when you're being served by a pimp, aka trafficker in front of other traffickers, this is a way that they can embarrass you and make you feel less than, make you feel like you're a whore or you're dirty or you're a slut, is what they do is they humiliate you and they spit on you. Maybe they'll yell at you. I know with me, I got all my hair cut off. I was told to strip nude and I got beat down in front of all the other pimps. It's called serving. And it's something that traffickers will use to intimidate and control with the emotional part of the abuse. Calls the person names. There were many very terrible names with swear words that I was called by my ex-trafficker. Plays mind games. Makes victim feel guilty. So this is something also that people that have the narcissistic personality disorder do is that they make you feel guilty for being in the situation that you are. Well, I took care of you before, you know, and you didn't reciprocate. So you need to pay the rent and you need to pay my car payment because for three months I took care of you, bought you clothes and fed you and made sure there was shelter over your head. This is something that is used for the emotional abuse part. Convinces victim they're the only one that cares about them. This is a very famous tactic that traffickers will use because they'll throw the fact that you are a prostitute, you are a whore, you are a stripper or a slut, and no one else is going to love you. I mean, look at you, your used goods, your body's like probably full of disease. This is what I was actually exposed to and had this happen to me many times is you're a disgusting stripper. You're a gross prostitute. And this is your fault that you're in this situation. Now, here's another tactic on the pie. It's called isolation. And that entails keeping confinement of the victim, locking them in places, putting bars on the windows, not letting them leave and freely come and go. Then they accompany to public places. So wherever the victim goes, they make sure that they're turning the trick. They make sure that they're going to make the money. They wait for them in the car. They wait outside the establishment, the strip club or the brothel or wherever that person that's buying that other human being is waiting for them to come out to make sure they get their money and then moves the victim to different locations 
just so the victim doesn't know what's happening or no one can follow them, doesn't allow, if the person can't speak English, does not allow the victim to learn English or go to school and learn. I know that I wanted to go to college and my trafficker would not allow me to go to college. Maybe it's because they figured I would get too smart, graduate college, and then leave and never work for them again. And then denies access to children, family, and friends. This is very common. I was not allowed to call home without permission. I was not allowed to visit my family without permission. It was very rare that I could actually go see my family. So I lost a lot of years while I was being trafficked on the Las Vegas Strip. The next section of the pie on the power and control wheel is denying, blaming, and minimizing the victim. Makes light of the abuse and exploitation, denies that anything illegal is happening or exploitive, and places blame on the victim for the trafficking situation. So it's a, this is a lot like gaslighting, where the abuser is making you believe that you're to blame in all this situation. I mean, you chose to do this job. You chose to be a prostitute. You chose to be a stripper. You chose to go trick that man out of his money. You chose to sell your body. Oh, you fell. I didn't push you. When in actual, actual reality, the trafficker did push someone, did push the victim. They make light of the abuse and they act like it's your fault. That is really, really, truly gaslighting abuse. The next section of the pie is sexual abuse. Uses sexual assault as punishment or means of control. Forces victim to have sex multiple times a day with strangers. Treats victim as an object for monetary gain. Normalizes sexual violence and selling sex. Yes, this is all considered sexual abuse. All of these different bullet points under this pie category of sexual abuse happened to me personally. Yes, every single day that I worked, and by the way, I didn't get days off. It was super rare unless I was deathly ill that I got days off. I worked Christmas, holidays, my birthday, and I had to see between five to 15 men a day and sell myself to. I got raped, I got abused, I got beat sometimes on calls. And also my ex traffickers, both of them considered me an object to be sold. I mean, it was all that I was good for. And this is all that victims are good for to traffickers is they're just human bodies being sold like a commodity, like drugs, like a coffee cup, you know, getting some coffee. And then when you're done with that, just throw it away. And obviously normalization of sexual violence and selling sex. Traffickers make it like this is a normal job, like this is something that should be legalized. A lot of legislators in different states want prostitution elite, want prostitution, excuse me, legalized. Can you believe that? That is a travesty. Like to me, they might as well just be traffickers. How can you legalize something that causes harm? There's no way that like behind closed doors, you can monitor abuse and sex for sale. And that's off on another whole subject. We can talk about that on another show, but legalized prostitution only causes and perpetrates more violence and more trafficking.
I talked about this earlier. The other section of the pie is called physical abuse. Shoves, slaps, hits, punches, kicks, and strangles. Burns, brands, tattoos. Denies food and water. Exposes to harmful chemicals. Forces pregnancy termination. Induces drug addiction as a means of control. All the above, every bullet point I just read to you, except for branding and tattooing and burns happened to me. Shoving, slapping, hitting, punching, kicking, strangulation was a way my ex-traffickers got complete control over me. When I was out of line, they would take the pillow and strangle me and force me to behave. And they'd say, next time you're going to die. Uh, and chemicals, when I say chemicals, that could be anything from acid to uh, bleach to anything toxic, chemicals to throw in your face or maybe hot water even, even that's not a chemical. Uh, traffickers have been known to throw hot water at their victims to burn their skin when they're getting out of line. You guys, this is a very sensitive subject and I know that some of you are watching right now and listening going, wow, this is a lot to take in. It is, but you know what? Trafficking is that serious. And it's something we need to talk about more nowadays than ever before because it's been happening at an exponential rate, especially since our country has been hit with the lockdowns. And now we're having, you know, obviously the pandemic is a little bit over, but the trafficking has only gone up during these times. The next section is using privilege. Treat victim like a servant uses gender, age, or nationality to suggest superiority, uses certain victims to control others, and hides or destroys important documents. Now, all the above on these bullet points happened to me. I was definitely treated like a servant. Victims are treated like their servants. Not only are they sent out to sell themselves somewhere in a brothel or on the strip, or let's say in a strip club or online on the online ads, when they get home, they have to cook and clean for their trafficker if their trafficker is living with them. Uh, uses gender, uses any gender, whether it's female, male, or transgender, or LGBTQ, they use that as, as, as a tool against them to make them feel less than, to suggest that they're better than, and of course, race as well. I had race used against me because I was white. And then, of course, uses certain victims to control each other when there are stables of people and that what I mean by that for victimization is there's stables and there's pimps and they have more than one person working for them. That's considered a stable. And inside that stable, they have something called wife-in-laws or husband-in-laws, whatever that looks like, if it's female or male. And if there's someone that's been there lo longer or someone that's in the group that wants to snitch or tell on the person for not obeying all the traffickers rules, then they will tell on that person. And then the trafficker will punish them with beatings or maybe they'll starve them or they won't let them leave the house or they'll just give them a sort of punishment that will hurt the victim to control them. So the last wheel pie that we have is the main, one of the main reasons why people get coerced and trafficked for, it's for the money. 
economic abuse, creates debt that can never be repaid, takes money earned, prohibits access to finances, limits resources to a small allowance. So all of these happened to me. I was told that, you know, I'm protecting you from my trafficker. I took care of you. When those men tried to jump you in the club, I jumped him and punched him. And so you owe me this. You owe me the money. I protected you. So they create this debt bondage. And it also could be where the trafficker put up the money to get this person into the country, or they put the money, put up the money for them to move and to get a nice place and a car and maybe even lightly signed up for college or help them get a little saving started. And so now the trafficker believes that this person owes them. So they create that debt bondage, which by the way, will never disappear. That will be there hanging over their head forever on the life between the relationship between the trafficker and the victim. And then takes money earned with my situation. Not all trafficking victims have this happen, but most often than not have this happen where the money gets all taken by the trafficker. You don't get any money not 10%, not 20, not 50%. For me personally, I had, it's called breaking yourself. I had to give all the money on the table. Every morning that I came home from work, because I worked all night, I had to take all the money and lay it out on the table or put it in my ex-trafficker's hands and prove that I worked. And prohibits access to the finances. I did not have access to the finances, to the safe. I did not have my own bank account. I wasn't allowed to see what I had made over the weeks, months, and years. And then lastly, limits the resource to a small allowance. I was giving five to $10 a night for McDonald's or Burger King and to buy condoms. That was my allowance. So you guys, we just went over this entire trafficking reel, it's called Sex Trafficking, Labor Trafficking, Power and Control Wheel. And this was actually created by the Polaris Project and adapted from Domestic Abuse Invention Intervention Project Duluth Model Power and Control Wheel. And if you guys want to look at this, this is actually at polarisproject.org if you want a copy of it. You could download it off the internet. There's tons of pictures of it. Also... I wanted to just say and share one thing that I know to be true, that human trafficking is the fastest growing and second largest criminal industry in the world, generates roughly $150.2 billion worldwide. I believe it's more by now. This is a stat from last year. And according to the Trafficking in Persons report reproduced by the State Department, approximately 27 million men, women, and children are victims of some form of human trafficking right now as we speak. I think that number is probably in the 40s or the 50s. And also, I want to ask you a question. What do you think Jesus would think about trafficking and exploitation in today's world? So it says in Proverbs 31, 8 through 9, Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth, judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and the needy. And then it says in Ezekiel 34, 16, I will seek the lost and I will bring back the strayed and I will bind up the injured and I will strengthen the weak. And the fat and the strong, I will destroy. I will feed them in justice. 
justice. I, I'm just uh, getting emotional right now because you know what, you guys? I only have a couple of minutes left, but I want to share with you that Jesus is what saved my life. On August 2nd, 2003, I overdosed and I cried out to Jesus. And I'm going to tell you something. My life was forever changed. And I made a promise to the Lord that I would try to help the women that I was once enslaved with. And so that's what we do with Hookers for Jesus and pinkchair.com. You just go to our website, pinkchair.com, and you can look at the services that we give. If anyone that you know is being trafficked, please give us a call and we will get that person resources and help. It's 702-883-5155. And also there is a national, international human trafficking hotline. It's 888-373-7888. That number's on your screen. If you or you have a friend or you know or suspect trafficking is going on, you can call that number and report it. And we are connected with that number as a resource for Destiny House and our outreach for victims of trafficking. So if you need help or if you know someone that needs help, we will gladly help you. And I want you to remember something that if you've been trafficked, if it's something that you're healing from, if you're currently in that situation, that God loves you, you are not used goods. There's hope for you. I know it seems dark, but there's a light and there's a hope at the end of the tunnel. And you just have to cry out and pray and ask God for help and call those numbers and we will get you the help that you need. I hope and pray that you enjoyed today's program. I know it was a lot to take in. There was a lot of information, but maybe now you are more equipped to recognize human trafficking in the areas that you live in. And you can also report it and say, possibly save a life. Thank you so much for joining Pink Chair today. We'll see you next time on Annie's Pink Chair. Friends, I want to talk about our nonprofit today. It's called Destiny House, and it's a place where ladies that have been in the sex industry, ladies that have been sex trafficked, can come and live and recover from their lifestyle. Basically, it's this to dream, discover, develop into the perfect destiny that God has for them. It's nine to 24 months, and we're so excited because. We're actually going to be opening up our second home called Dream House. And this place is a place where ladies can come after the first program. And it's more independent living where they have their jobs and their schooling that they're doing. And they can become more successful because we know that trauma and complex trauma is real. That's why I want to ask you today to please consider to partner with us because most, if not all of these ladies come to our program and they're completely broken. They've got heavy complex trauma with comes with so many different issues and comorbidities that they need help just to get stabilized and to get their mind and their heart right and to get healing from that deep trauma. And we have great programs. We have trauma therapy and the ladies go to addiction classes and life skill classes and also equine therapy. And they like to do 
arts and crafts and just it's just a very well holistic trauma-informed well-rounded program that when these ladies come they definitely get their healing and they get a brand new start and a brand new life of promise hope and a great future please partner with us it's on your heart we need to keep our houses open you can go to hookersforjesus.net click on donate or pinkchair.com and click on donate and your donation is tax deductible thank you everyone